Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. That is why I'm your favorite podcast platform. And we believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report and not the Comedy Bureau Field Report as I intended. And we're inching oh so close to 200 times of me complaining about this. And, <laughs> you know, yes, it's probably not going to change. And uh, am I going to change? is the real wonder um because then i would have to come up with a new intro and i'm just so used mm. to saying this so almost robotically that uh, i don't know that i want to but anyways i'll figure that out later and on to this week's amazing guest who just released an amazing special one of those things that's released into like near the end of the year and uh, puts to shame all the publications that make year lists before it comes out uh, a great stand-up comedian and artist please give it up for mo welch everybody thank you thank you guys tip your weight staff yes do all and, the uh, thanks for dressing up <laughs> everybody I... uh, mo is wearing pearls i'm wearing pearls and a tank top mm-hmm. and i think that is on brand it is yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was like should i put a cardigan on because sometimes sometimes with these zooms i i don't know that it's for you know, uh, for Instagram. And I fully was just in my garage, like with nothing on. And this was one of those, I was like, I don't know, it might just be audio, but just in case, let me put these pearls on. Nice, (laughs) nice, nice. People do ask me that a lot. Like, is this video or audio? And I'm like, it's only audio. I just do like seeing you to talk to you. But yeah, but what, thanks for asking, like, can I just not try? Yeah, I mean, I I went halfway there. Like, you went halfway there. Yeah. yeah, if I knew for sure, I would put a cardigan on, but I truly was like, I'm good. Do you have like a really fancy cardigan? It's just a black cardigan. Oh, I was just, okay. Like, it's weird. It's kind of like when you're on stage as a comic, like I always feel awkward not mm-hmm. having sleeves. Sure. If I feel nude. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, but there's been occasionally where I do wear like a tank top in like my Comedy Central stand up set. Mm-hmm. I was wearing a tank top and I was like, I felt so nude going out there. Well, let me ask you, Mo, in, in the performance part of your special dad jokes that just came out on Veeps, uh, you're wearing kind of a sheer shirt. How'd yeah. you feel then? <laughs> I'm wearing a bra with a shirt on that has like a floral uh, pattern. Yeah. So you can see, but you can't see. Like there's yeah. a lot left up to mm-hmm. imagination. Like mm-hmm. how many belly buttons does she have? You know? <laughs> but you can, I was definitely taking a chance with that. Right. I, I mean, what, 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 yeah, you, oh, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Was that a way to keep you on your toes? Cause you kind of, you know, like I feel naked a little bit. I think I was like, I think I was leaning into like wear something that you wouldn't wear every day for like, even at like a nice show, you know, wear something elevated from that. Um, right. And then it will, cause then it'll feel special to me. It's kind of like when people are like, put pants on when you're working at home, like actually get dressed. Cause right. then you'll feel like you're at work. Right. Right. Yeah. 
But yeah, I do like that you you really do dress up for all your tape performances. You wore mm -hmm. like a velvet suit, right? At one for a late night oh. taping. Yeah, I wore like I had like a brown suit I wore for a full year. Um, yeah. And then when I did, when I used to host the Mo Show, I always wore a suit and tie. Right. The big question: Did you claim that on your taxes? Of course, everything. Yes. Yeah, I'm incorporated. <laughs> everything goes to uh, anything I wear on uh -huh. stage is written off. I keep trying to convince my tax guy that be, like like me dressing up is like part of my thing. <laughs> And I should be able to deduct all my clothes. And yeah. he's like, well, you're not really going on stage, so I can't really justify. Yeah, but watch me. I'm on stage now. I'm not. Mm -hmm. what, what is a stage? The world. Yeah. It's a business meeting. It's a Zoom meeting. Uh-huh. We're, we're, we're all performing. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um. So dad jokes tell me all about it how we, we what was the genesis of this idea i mean for the listeners who uh have are, are already like on to 2024 mm -hmm. if they uh saw year end list and aren't watching specials right now please um let him know what it's about and your your journey so in 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 like the height of like first year of covid mm -hmm. i was like I did go through my joke. I, I was putting together a storage unit, putting everything in there. I keep all my notebooks. So I'm one of those people that just has like a bin of all of my jokes from over the years. Right. And I was just like, it's so funny. I was talking to my wife, like, it's so funny. I have all these jokes about my dad because like he hasn't been in my life for 20 years. So I was like, it's funny. Like, why do I write so many jokes about him? And I don't have as many jokes about my mom who's in my life. Right. And all these other things that have happened in my life, but I still find that to be like a good source of humor is to make fun of this estranged father of mine. Mm -hmm. And so I had this, I don't know exactly why, but I, I was just like, I think I want to see him and I think I want to film it. Mm -hmm. I think I want to try to find him because mm -hmm. I like to watch things that are uh, a little cringe and that like sure. make your stomach turn and you're yeah. like I don't know if I like what's going on but I'm invested and so right. I thought I want to go do it in a real way and just um try to meet up with him and have one shot and see what happens mm -hmm. and of course I was leading to a joke the entire time because I was like I'm not just gonna go it's not gonna be some sappy story uh -huh. I'm going to lead this whole thing to a joke, and I knew what joke I wanted to tell at the end, right. um, to his, to his face. So, <laughs> which kudos? That's thanks. So... I mean, it was so nerve wracking. I mean, imagine I really didn't see him for twenty years, and that's the first thing I ask him. So, um, so yeah, so that was the idea. It started out as a documentary. It was a thirty-five minute documentary. We brought it to some film festivals. And it was just neither here nor there as far mm -hmm. as like getting it out there in the world. Right. And so we decided um, to retroactively put a special um, inside of the piece. And so right. uh -huh. last year at the Lodge Room, we filmed stand up and we only needed 25 minutes of it. So, right. yeah, we, we did that. And it was all, you know, funded by my friend Dan Hardigan and myself. We both directed it. So. Um, yes, it just kind of accidentally became a special. I don't know. I wasn't like uh, driving towards that at the beginning of the project. Right. Well, some of the most 
special specials like are accidents. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not even really a special, but like Tiggs live. Yeah. Wasn't supposed to be anything. Right. You know? Yeah. I think that sometimes that can be really helpful because now I'm working on my next hour and I, and it's like, I know, I kind of know what it is. Oh, and nice. It's nice that it was like surprising before. Um, and I don't think I ever really cared about doing a special and I yeah. didn't care about even doing, I just wanted to do late night sets because sure. I thought they were fun. And so it's been challenging because, you know, I've been in comedy for 15 years and why uh -huh. that wasn't my goal. I don't know. I had no goal <laughs> to do an album or a special. I just thought like, I just love comedy and I don't want to hate it and hate right. my face. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because doing an hour will make you hate stand-up comedy. And I was just so afraid I would hate it the second it came out and just be like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Do you have a tipping point in time? Like, okay, I'm good at, at 20, I'm good at 25, 35, I don't know, 40, no. I don't want to yeah. do, yeah? I I have this, like, I think I knew, I, I think early on in my career, I thought I was ready for all of these. You know, I thought I could do everything. Oh, and then yeah. as you like keep going and right. stand up, you're, you kind of see the limitations and uh, or like what you're ready for and what you're not. Right. Or what you want to do. Yeah, it changes. Everybody gets in thinking they're going to be on SNL. And then and then you're like, oh, yeah, I don't even do sketch comedy. I guess <laughs> that's not my goal. <laughs> right. You can be the very, very funny Brooks Whelan being yeah. like on stumbling through his first season of SNL. Yeah, I could be on Weekend Update as that guest. But yes. yeah, so that becomes your, then you go, okay, what's the new goal? What's the new goal? And I don't know. For a while, I think I was just floating because I was um, doing other things and writing and whatnot. And so, but I never stopped, so. Right. But I think those benchmarks, I mean, they've been, they were in place, like placed, in where they are long, long ago as like, you know, having an hour special, trying to have a talk show, being on SNL. But that's not, I think we're at a point, I mean, I think simultaneously the internet has like ruined everything, but opened everything up at the same time. Yeah. Where you can make your own path, you're just in charge of more of it. Right. So yeah, you could just like, make a special that isn't an hour that is like searching for your dad kind of as this like meta prank, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause you don't think it's going to, you know, the things I've loved that I've put out into the world have been things that I didn't have. The goal was to finish it and to share it with people. And the goal was not like when I created my comic strip, the goal was mm -hmm. not to get a book or to sh get a show or whatever. It was mm -hmm. just to like, to to write a joke a day with a drawing and to share it with people and right. so the things that I've loved that I've done in my career there have been no uh like monetary goal or industry you know right. uh focus goal how do your reps feel about that <laughs> <laughs> well the Blair thing was now is like quite a while ago but right. um I mean I think they I have a passion pro like the dad jokes was a passion project Jay. and I was also making money in other, you know, right. the other Hollywood ways you do. Uh -huh. So I guess it's okay. Yeah. They, they're taking, cause they don't want to hear that you're not trying. Even like Make a manager. Money? 
yeah even a yeah. manager which is supposed to be more in line with like y- your vision of your comedy and your career they're like but you're gonna make you're gonna make like bread but you're, right? gonna, you're gonna like try to sell this right <laughs> yeah. like i don't know there are things though it's like you know with it's hard to put a price tag on art if you're if you want full control you have to just like i put my money into it and it's like um sometimes you can get lucky and someone gives you money and they give you and you can even get good network notes but um so far the things that i've loved the most i have pretty much full control of that's great because i'm smarter than hollywood (laughs) yes yes that is if i'm hosting a show and you're on it i will bring you up with that quote she's smarter than hollywood yeah (laughs) <laughs> listen to what she said yes so with that in mind what is veeps if not the hbo show yes oh my god yeah that's so why did i not put that together it's like one of my favorite shows um anyway it <laughs> is so it's an it's like a new it's just a new way to get live streaming events and things that now now they're doing things that are like previously recorded and producing specials um but i'm definitely at the ground floor of it and it's you know we all hope that like something like this goes really well because it's another way for comedians and musicians to get paid to put their thing out there and they Mm -hmm. do basically a lease and then Mm -hmm. you can put it out for free so i'm still gonna own dad jokes which was like the main thing for me right right and that's i mean there's all sorts of flavors and sizes of deals these days and I mean, especially it seems like a lot of comics will put their own money in, put skin in the game, and then hope, pray that like Netflix or HBO or Hulu or Peacock buys it. And if not, they're like, well, I'll just put it on YouTube. And to be honest, the only one that's really buying stuff that you're, you know, previously recording and putting money into is Netflix. The other ones have, you know, like HBO likes to be on the ground floor with like their productions. They don't really buy a lot. Right. A lot of them don't acquire. So you're basically like, okay, well, you better have a backup plan if Netflix says no, because they only have so many specials they can buy. Sure. Although they seem to like to buy a lot. <laughs> They're but Well, it's funny because I put like my special was for sale after Beth's special, which I directed. So it's like, you see Beth's special and you see that deal and her put her money into it and then get it back with Netflix. And then right. mine, I mean, I never expect, you know, for anything to to be easy for any project I'm doing. so so mine has like you know this step of like oh this is a new thing bart coleman is the one that's in charge over there of the comedy at veeps and he's a comedy guy and so um oh that's where bart is that's i always find out where bart is based off of conversations like this because comedy his comedians because he's always going to be working with a comedian yeah somewhere for those who don't know he was the booker for at midnight and then he was head of comedy at spotify then he was head of comedy at Moment House, and now I'm finding out he's head of comedy at Veeps. Yes. Yeah. So he has relationships with comics. So mm-hmm. it's um, 
it's actually a really good fit. I like being one of the first. And then I also like owning it so that I can do whatever I want once that deal's over. Right. That's amazing. And I'm I'm glad you were able to score that. It is interesting to me. This does feel very much like a, like tonally, like an HBO comedy special. It is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it, actually, well, Whitmer, Whitmer's won the last special they released before quarantine. And that was a weird, surreal thing to see Whitmer's face on a billboard for like a year. A lot of billboards. A lot of, yeah, because they just didn't change it. Yeah. <laughs> but that is, that takes like, there is the docu part of it that takes a serious turn and there isn't a joke to it. Um, but I, I like, I still feel like this falls in line. Did you have conversations with HBO or are you just like, no, I have a vision for this. I'm going to do it and then um, see where it ends. I had no conversations before doing it. I kind of had a vision of what I wanted. And then, um, so the only way that people, you know, I was going to sell it was for someone to acquire it as, right. as what it was. Right. Yeah. So would your advice to other comedians and creators be like, go do spring cleaning, go, go through your storage <laughs> unit. you know it's actually good advice I think for comics to there are a lot of times I will remember a joke I did 10 years ago and then put your voice on it now and all the experience you have on it now and I did that with this joke that I did on Conan Mm -hmm. but I started to uh do it on the road as my closer Mm -hmm. and I do it differently now and it's in a voice that's like more confident and Mm -hmm. the joke kills and I'm like it never killed like this right yeah, so it's actually a good exercise to go check out your old material. Right. I think in some interview years ago, Pat Oswalt said something to the effect of like, sometimes you're like, you have ideas and you're just not ready for them comedically. Like, obviously there's something kernel there, but you don't have this sort of like nuance or finesse or insight to actually make that observation or premise funny. And then you just have to like, kind of revisit it years down the road you're like oh now I know what to do with that yeah Yeah. I definitely that's a really good way to put it I totally agree with that because there are things yeah there are subjects that feel really big too and you're like I don't even know how to like get into this and for it not to feel like too political or too like outside of me and then yeah give it a little bit of time and you know you find a silly take right to get into it so 20 years was enough distance for you yeah (laughs) Well, you know, what happened was I would try to do, uh, I would try to do some of this material at shows and it's sad. It's like, nobody wants, you know, it's really hard to hear about that. And you feel like in the middle of a set, all of a sudden, I'm just talking about my dad who left and all of this. And, and I would try to get into the domestic violence of it. And it was too, I mean, rightfully so it's too awkward and, uh, real, Right. And so I wanted to, I've always wanted to talk about it, but it finally found like the right genre, not just stand up at the Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder, there's something, I think I appreciate Gallo's humor more than most people and not like, you know, edgelords being dark and wheeling and dealing in schadenfreude just for schadenfreude's sake. Like I like... <laughs> People just joking about the bleakest things. And essentially the joke is like, well, that's it. <laughs> that's all there is. <gasps> and it seems as though a lot of people don't like that. 
Yeah, it's you're not going to get the whole crowd for sure. No. People get, especially in, you know, you're on tour in middle America. People are like, Jesus Christ, I did not come out for this. Right. Sorry. Yeah. But then, I mean, a lot of those people, I think without examining it too much, will be like, why can't you joke about happy stuff? No one like, I mean, there are people that joke about happy stuff, but I think that's the exception rather than the rule. I mean, like so much of what hinges on quote unquote a joke is like, pointing out something that is wrong mm -hmm. oh yeah for yeah. sure it's and i actually find that the two like the polarity of like a silly joke and then a dark joke that's actually where my comedy i try to live because it's what i'm interested in i'm like right. how can i put a really silly joke to like start and like then get into that and then like end it on something silly yes so reality and just something that's like completely like out out of there just like <laughs> like so fictional and dumb so mm -hmm. dumb right <laughs> and that is there there is like a beauty to that in processing all the trauma and uh pain and grief and through just something that's objectively silly you know um larry david when the last time he hosted the snl he got in trouble for like mentioning or saying something in his monologue about how like people would make jokes in the camps Right. And then the thing is, there is evidence that that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and not only that, I saw a solo show, Simon Helberg, who was on Big Bang Theory, his dad um, did a solo show about his how his parents met in the camps. And they right. like survived. But like part of that court, I mean, as fucked up as all of that is, they had like a courtship that had like you know what i mean yeah, yeah and even in the bleakest of circumstances in the face of almost inevitable death at the immediacy of it there's like sometimes all you have is like to laugh yeah and what you have like i mean what you've done it's just like at this point it's like in it's just like in our dna in a way to just be like okay let's cut this with a joke you mm -hmm. know right yeah, because I have I have nothing else left. I have nothing to give. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. I wish. Yeah. I wish more audiences were at that level. Just human experience. Yes. I guess it's a version of like it's why people do do you know you can do that on a podcast and just like put a clip up and see if people like. You're the like Jim Carrey sense of Jim Carrey's new sense of humor of the world is bleak. Sure. Yeah. When do you think he's going to talk about his uh, his late ex girlfriend who was in an open relate? Do you remember this? Wait. She was like in an open marriage, and like this all came to light when she passed away. She was in an open marriage? Uh, or open marriage or open relationship. And like she was dating someone, then met Jim, and then was like part of Jim's life. It was real weird. Um, I mean, he is like, it's so funny. He was, he's America's sweetheart for so long. And I'm like, that dude is layered. And I don't know for all good. Who knows? I don't know him personally. And yeah. I never and he's now a painter mostly yeah 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 it's weird you don't want to get too successful that is 
the lesson here. Uh huh. What 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 do you think would happen if you became a multimillionaire through your comedy? Uh, if it was through stand up, and I had, I mean, it's really hard because I wonder how people who become multi multi millionaires and they still do stand up. I'm like, you have to have writers because how are you relatable? Like, right. how is anything that you're doing relatable to right. the crowd? Right. How do you show up with a Porsche or whatever fancy car you have to the comedy store and go up? It, it mm -hmm. like doesn't make, I think it's, um, I don't want to judge it too hard, but I'm just, I don't, I think I would retire. There's no, right. there's no way. Right. I mean, you got to like, find your humanity at that sort of like stage in your life and that might be hard considering all the things that come to you mm -hmm. but you know i mean it's not at the same level but like think about kanane's first album he joked about selling cake decorations on the phone yeah <laughs> like kyle's so far removed from that but he's yeah. still very funny and very relatable. He just found, finds different ways to connect. Well, yeah, because he's not, he's also not showing up with a Lamborghini. Like Kyle's no. still Kyle and he's yeah. still a comic. You yeah, know? but he could like, he'll like buy a Jeep with like cash. Like he could do yeah. that. Well, yeah, when people are financially stable, I'm just saying like next level arena sure. comics. I'm like, right. it must be hard to find. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't. I guess I'll let you know when I'm up there doing the arenas. <laughs> right, I'll be right. The WNBA arenas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I, I think you doing color commentary would be pretty great for. A I was I was trying to. I I really wanted to be the halftime mm -hmm. entertainment for the Sparks, but I've tried to. You know, they just are not biting with me. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want anything to do with me. Really? Even after, like, I would say, a, like, a very signature, very pro WNBA joke? Yeah, exactly. I'm out there trying to make pro WNBA jokes. Well, every guy doing a WNBA joke is shitting on the WNBA. And every guy shitting on the WNBA is like, they still can't dunk. That's yeah. the whole joke. Yeah, I can't make a left-hand layup. Like, just forget <laughs> about dunking. You can't dribble down the court. Uh-huh. I know anytime the guy because it is the same joke over and over again and that's why I'm upset it's not because because it's not creative I'm like mm -hmm. it's not creative and all you have to do I was like all you have to do is put one little spin on it like make yourself a part you could still make that joke but turn it around a little mm -hmm. and be pro WNBA so on top of trying to be a WNBA spokesperson yes um how is it being like you making this special but also being the subject of it directing specials like where what is the order of your multi-hyphenate career in comedy is the like comedian first direct like yeah right now it's it switches all the time i'm like mm -hmm. oh like after beth's i was like oh maybe i'll try to like direct a few specials but to be honest there's no money in it so i'm like well <laughs> I, I have to like really care about the person I'm doing it for. Right. Because you're doing it for free, basically. Right. And uh and then um so now right now it's stand up. I'm on the road with Brett Goldstein and I've been opening for him and it's been really fun to like develop my set during those opening sets. 
nice. So um, right now it's stand up, but I also write on a show. So it's like, you know, writing on a, I write on Crapopolis on Fox on Sundays. So, so yeah, it's just like those two things are number one because it's like I get to do whatever I want on stage and then I get to write on a TV show and make a living. Yeah. Is that the dream or do you have, I mean, I imagine you have bigger ambitions, <laughs> not to yeah. ask a leading question. Yeah, I think right now I, you know, I was trying to put a show together last year and I did and I went to Cherry Lane and I, I did like a few shows there and I I just didn't get to the point where it, it was all like my artwork behind me for a full hour while I did comedy and told stories. And I was like, there's something about that that I still want to accomplish, like the, you know, stand up one woman show aspect of it and with your art that'd be that reminds me of the only album that bob odenkirk put out i think there's actually only pictures of this not video but he did it at meltdown and it just so happened to coincide with this like art exhibit that was all art in tribute to mr show so like mm -hmm. bob was doing stand-up surrounded by mr show art right at meltdown Oh, that's cool. It was really, really cool. It's I like the experience of like going to a band and seeing the digital art that they put behind them and kind of zoning out. And so not that I want people to zone out, but I'm like, there is a version of that yeah. in comedy that I'm interested in. Sure. So I've done it over the years. I'll be like, oh, I'll do like a list of comics that I'll have behind me. And then this one was fully like there were two animated pieces in it. There was like, and it was drawing. So when I, I had to be like word for word perfect because there was someone behind me like clicking on the word he's supposed to with the drawing. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, something like that. I don't have like huge ambitions right now. I'm just kind of like doing the work and seeing where it leads. And that's totally, not that you have to, I mean, I've talked about it on the pod a number of times, but it's always like there's that um, docu-series that Kevin Hart did that's kind of like showing how insane his life is. And yeah. It's like problematic because he was in charge of how it was portrayed. Mm -hmm. But even with him being in charge, it's like so insane that yeah. guy's life that like how would you like you're saying you have to have writers not only is he so far removed from everyday life that like how could this be relatable but like how do you, you don't even have time to develop anything because you're like running late to five different things yeah because you're running a media empire right it's i don't i mean he has to have a, obviously a lot of people working with him but that is um you know, it only took me 15 years to do a special and it's only 25 minutes stand up. So <laughs> I'm definitely really slow because I'm very picky. But sure. um, I, you know, hopefully by in the spring, I'll have a new special because that, you know, that material is like pretty old at this right. point. Yeah. Better to be picky than like, I mean, I don't think anybody's back on that pace that they used to be. 10 years ago where like we got to release a new hour every year mm -hmm. but even like even back then like how many of those hours do people talk about still none yeah it's it's for ourselves really and then it's also for um 
you know, it used to be like you get a special and then it like turns into your TV show, your movie or whatever. But like at this point, we're like, well, this is what I have. This is what I'm putting out. I just want to put it out there. Right. Um, do you want to do some comedy news, Mo? Yeah, let's do some comedy news. All right. Um, I feel I got to start off with the unfortunate news as it happened over, um, really Christmas weekend. Uh, Neil Nanda, who, uh, was for a long time a comic in LA and I believe was in New York, uh, as of late, uh, passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is only a week after... Kenny DeForest uh, succumbed to his injuries from an e-bike accident. And um, yeah, and uh, there aren't any details released as of yet uh, for Neil's passing, but um, from sort of rumblings I've heard, it's not good. Yeah. How could it be good? There's no yeah. good. <laughs> but um yeah, that was it's just two comics in a row definitely um taken us before taken from us before we uh for their time for the um, Yeah, it's really sad. We I mean like so fortunate to be in this community where everyone is connected. Mm -hmm. And so it really hurts everybody cuz you do open my I mean when I moved to LA I was uh always running into Neil. I think I'm pretty sure he would do Ruko with Binium and Brody and right. West West uh Westwood. <laughs> this is yeah. a fun, weird show, but but right. yeah, he's like a guy that was like on the scene at mm. every show, seemed like extremely ambitious and oh yeah. Yeah. Producing shows that produced that show on Unnecessary Evil for a long mm. time at West Side. And right. yeah, it's really sad and honestly, it's always shocking. It's always shocking. And I wish that, like, I wish that there wasn't, there was other times where we got this sort of communal feeling that did, in our comedy community, that didn't come from somebody dying. Yeah, I agree, because we, we, we should do something about that, actually. It's a yeah. good, it's a, yeah, it's a really good thought to make it less just like running in and out of a green room with five comics but like right. finding a way to do some right community things together um and, and rather than like you know anytime this happens we we have to we attempt to ruminate and think about the people that we care about and like what this community means to us and then then we got a set. We we got to do. Yeah. So I gotta go worry about that. Oh yeah, the I'm having low ticket sales, so I gotta you know, and uh, that stuff is important to a degree. But they're striking a balance between the two. It's like I mean, it's such a grind. It keeps us distracted from the real shit too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, a lot of times it is unhealthy to it grind. Is. It's much about. I mean, there is no nine to five. It's not like you clock out and then you relax. It's like, it's a constant, like, you know, right. uh, like online presence, like ticket right. sale bullshit. Yeah. Which is why I was trying to book Maria Bamford for something next month. 
And I just got an auto reply that was like, uh, I'm off the grid uh, until the end of January. Uh, you can reach out to my reps um, if it's something really important. But um, other than that, yeah. That's healthy. It's it's healthy. It's healthy. It's something I, I, I admire. And yet I don't I don't think I could bring myself to be like, I just, yeah, I was just like taking one off. Well, the thing is, is like Maria is a household name. So uh -huh. <laughs> maybe one day we could take a month off. Yeah. I don't know that I really even have taken a day off in over a decade. Really. It's really difficult, even when you're in like a, you know, I, I'll like be on vacation. And to be on, yeah, I mean, like most of us, it's just, I love jokes. So I'll find a way to make yeah. my talk about my jokes instead of like at our anniversary dinner <laughs> right know? right I was the last little vacation I took I, I mean literally just because of the circumstances I like was I sat on some planter at a strip mall and like put my wi-fi hotspot on and was like checking on avails for somebody yeah because <laughs> I like just didn't have any other time to do it yeah it's I mean, it is a 24-7, it's a 24-7, like, child's job. Like, it's like, every, if you could tell yourself, oh, you'll be working in comedy when you're getting older, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? That's like the dream. But then you're like, you know, things evolve and you have to be your own manager and, you know, social media manager and right, et cetera. And you really, um, it's not like you have to do calculus, but you have to do like what I would like to describe as real math. Yeah. Of like, okay, this club's gonna give you this number for this and they're not gonna cover X, Y, and Z, which means you'll, if you sell that many tickets, you're gonna walk away with just this teensy bit of yeah. money. Yeah. And you're gonna wanna check their work. <laughs> yes, you yeah. are. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really important. Um, but not to uh dismiss the point uh i hope neil is resting peacefully wherever he is um as well as kenny if there's any word on a memorial fund for neil uh i will be happy to spread that but um mm -hmm. yeah that's uh i mean you know i i this might sound like the blind leading the blind but like rest if you need to and um it's like your work is going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. Take tabs, you know, yeah. like just check in, check in with yourself and be like, is this worth, you know, wait, I'm, I'm having some issues that are outside of like this career, like take, take a second, like the shows right. will be there. Like, yeah. You know? And there is, well, there is like, somewhat of a competitive element and you can mm -hmm. lean more into that or not um there's no like like winning is a very fluid idea mm -hmm. um there's always this you've seen catch me if you can yes there's always the scene that it, it hits hard with me for a lot of reasons but um near <laughs> sorry for people who haven't watched it in the last i don't know 20 years Come on, everybody's watched Catch Me If You Can. I know, I know. Except the last two people I talked to about it. Um, but near near the end, when he's like, he, uh, Tom Hanks negotiates his like release, and he's like going to work for the FBI, 
um you know he like runs off and tries to skip off skip town on a plane and then tom hanks finds him and he's like what are you do uh, you know i actually i'm gonna let you fly i'm gonna let mm. you fly and he's like why and he, and he just turns to an empty like gate and he's like no one's chasing you yeah and it, that it's like so yeah why are we working so hard who are we trying to prove anything to yeah my dad no uh, <laughs> right right it's like yeah i mean i guess it's to ourselves but it is like no matter how much you you try to give yourself those talks of like it's not competitive just go do it yourself or whatever it's like it always creeps back in and i like i don't fear that i'll always be a competitive person but i do think that like i don't mind my competitive drive right i think that a bit of that's healthy but also I think there comes a balance of like having grace for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have any control over what other people get. I mean, comedy, it's so subjective. Like we can both you and me sit here and bitch for hours about comic XYZ, whose name is probably Matt Reif. <laughs> I'm not in charge of Matt's career or his success. And so why should I like waste energy on that? Right you know I also uh, don't mind it I think that there's also to be honest like I think that there's room for like uh he's not taking away any of my audience no that would be uh, really weird people, if he was yeah those people aren't coming I'm not competitive with those you know he found a way like there's a part of it that is um you know admirable right. you're like okay well you did do that like right you're not pulling straight shallow women right it's it's like it's impressive to look at i you know it's like for me being in the business long enough you just like you're i'm like you know hitting too early has a lot of consequences and so i don't know yeah but that said like it's easy to fall into a, a trap of just like because being in the peanut gallery can be fun of uh, like well why can't i get any of those things right well you're not in charge of any of those things and it's super subjective and um you just I, like appreciate what you have i which i know can be hard to hear for some people but that's where like i think real rewarding work can come from surrounding yourself with work that you want to do and people that you want to work with Right. I mean, it's like there's mu there's so much more than just comedy, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> and I think we forget that. And it's it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget. Forget. I want to impress on people who are starting out like it is important to go up a lot, but like go watch a show and enjoy yourself. And like, yes, go support your friends that you're coming up with. But like also their shows are probably going to be bad. Like, go to one that you... Yeah, it might be love. a lot of the same. It's nice. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed the last year. I was, like, trying to get out to more shows and see people that are doing something different than me and supporting, you know, friends. And uh, it it is really... It's really cool to see the new stuff, like, you know, watching Kate Berlant's show and stuff that's different than mine. I love watching it. Absolutely. And you can learn a lot from it. Like, oh, maybe I'm not taking enough chances. 
<laughs> on stage, you right. know? I don't think you need to say, I think you took a pretty big chance. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, dad jokes is its own thing. <laughs> um, Speaking of taking chances, um, Chappelle is releasing a special on New Year's Eve. I personally don't know anybody who was asking for that. Um, on I Netflix? guess on Netflix, yes. Called The Dreamer, and a teaser was released uh, yesterday um, featuring Morgan Freeman um, sort of describing Dave as this sort of lofty ideal of a dreamer, which is weird at this point. Yeah. I mean, what does Dave from want from us now? I mean, because I, I don't think... Want from us. Yeah. It seems as though he's not even concerned with laughs. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that actually... Uh, yeah, his stuff is trending towards that. Um, I don't... I do watch his... I, I watch part of the specials, at least, just to sure. see see what he's talking about but uh right uh there's this trend of like like i kind of noticed it with matt rives and i don't know if this is what it is but just from the title i'm like there's this trend of like letting us know how hard you worked in comedy like i did this i did that i was in this room or whatever and you're you're kind of like yeah this this job rocks though. Like we're in the back of a comedy club. Like you're not saying like you weren't at war. You were in a <laughs> shitty comedy club. Like, right. Right. Like it doesn't like, I'm, I'm just kind of like getting the ick from like comics. They're just like, I did this and I did that. Listen and look at me now. And it's just like, just like, just tell a joke. Like, I hate to be that person, but I'm like, but like, I don't need that. Right. Right. That's uh, that's where like, sometimes I think, is I, it's not like Malcolm Gladwell's fault explicitly, but this idea of ten thousand hours equals mastery, right? I think a lot of people in comedy have like really glanced at that idea and ran with it, and yeah. it's like, well, the idea is that you spend that ten thousand hours really figuring out what you want to do, and then becoming really good at it. It's not just doing the same bullshit. Well, it's also like 10,000 hours of being a complete psychopath because you've shut out everyone in your life and not given them one hour to your 10 hours of comedy. Right. That's not, and I don't want to hear that you did 10,000 hours. Yeah. Don't, that shouldn't Unless be. Unless it's a really interesting story and honestly in a different format than being on stage. Right. I, and there are times I'm sure that people do it really well, but I'm a, uh, but I've just seen it so much in the last few years where I'm just over the like, you know, I did this and I did that and look at me now. And it's just like, can you just be now? Yeah, please be now. Be now. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, well, you know, we'll all see what Dave has to say. And honestly, the, the true surprise, the true twist would be if it was actually funny. And that it was nothing to do with his uh, him working so hard to be where he is. Which yes. is where... <laughs> yeah, why doesn't he make fun of the fact that it's weird that he's buff? 
I want to hear a joke about that. I know. I, yeah, there's so much to joke about. I mean, like the thing with his specials, is, like you can always like pick out like, you know, the two things can be true at once. Like you always pick out a few bits in the specials where like, that's really fucking funny. Of course it is. He's Dave Chappelle. Right. And then it's like, but I, yeah, his, what subject he wants to talk about is always, um, it's like kind of, I'm kind of perplexed by it. I'm like, why do you want to talk about like your something that you have no experience in? <laughs> because he is so I think he's now obsessed with just being right yeah 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 no thanks I don't no know thanks. I'll probably watch it I kind of skim through right I I well I wonder do you have like a, a rule I so for me generally uh for an hour of comedy like album or special I'll listen or watch to 20 minutes of it and if by 20 minutes I haven't laughed or I guessed three of your punchlines and they've upset me uh I'll stop watching yeah yeah it's uh yeah I, sometimes people give me the heads up like oh watch the end of it or I usually am watching for production value I'm like watching to see like how they shot it and sure. then I mean unless it's a friend right um and I try not to judge too quickly. Like if somebody's like, oh, this sucks or whatever. Like this person, how did they get this special? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to watch and see for myself what I think. I'm going to form my own opinion here. Sure. That's what... But so it fucking sucks. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ricky Gervais released his latest special Armageddon on Christmas, which is like, you know, even off of just production value. I mean, yeah, it's in a big-ass theater. Right. It's so... I guess this is intentional on Ricky's part. It's so unadorned because mm -hmm. he's just in a black, black t-shirt and black jeans and like not even cool black sneakers, just like dad black sh running shoes or something. Oh, Rich, Ricky, at least put some hokas on. Yeah. You Over could... $100. Yes. And get, get a tailored shirt that makes yeah. you less like gremlin-y. It is, yeah. Did you watch the special? Is it out? I, I, yeah, I watched it actually. Like, so Netflix puts stuff out at midnight when they release it, and I watched it probably at like twelve thirty. And I, that was the one where I was like, "No, I'm going to watch this whole thing because I know it's going to be bad, uh, and I want to just accurately criticize it." And it's another. I mean, like, it's definitely he's trying to be more edgy than Matt Reif, where Matt isn't really even being edgy except for that one joke that's boring. It that's but at the same time, so much of what Ricky's saying is also boring. Yeah. Like, I think, yes, the overall overarching message that he actually explicitly says about like um policing language and all that, sure. Okay. And this is what you want to do with that. You want to say a bunch of bullshit that is um at the level of a internet comment yeah i don't like the you mean like the we can't say things like and then let me let me talk about those things that we can't say like those yeah words. i mean he says the r yeah. word in it and then he... i'm sick of that stuff i'm yeah. so done with that commentary i'm like yeah. it's not at this point it's become hack for Mm -hmm. for guys because a lot it is guys that are up there talking about like oh well we can't say anything and even if they try to say it in a intellectual way i'm just like why are you obsessed with this mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because we told you you can't say it. Also, like, as he, Ricky even points out, like, yeah, I can say it. I just said it. And, like, yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can physically, aware. yeah, you could physically say it. Yeah, we're aware that you can say whatever you want and you want to ruffle feathers or, like, that's, like, there are consequences for everything. And you're just, like, but maybe he doesn't have any, con I mean, these guys are kind of untouchable in a way. I wonder, I was thinking about this when I was watching, I wonder if Ricky has a chip on his shoulder these days for the mm -hmm. fact that it used to be like 15 years ago, you would have to differentiate between the American office and the British office. That was the thing you had to do. When you say the office now, there is no mention of the British office. Yeah. It is like a deep cut. No one cares about David Brent and Tim and Don. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that eats away at him, that the American office is so ubiquitous and like the the Highlander of the office. Right. Yeah, I never saw that. What was his most recent show? I heard actually- uh, Derek, oh, I think. Life? Oh, yeah. Oh, Afterlife. No, Afterlife's the latest one. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen that one, but um, yeah, I'm excited to, I mean, I probably, listen, I don't have time for all of them. Okay, but whatever he did, I feel like his service to us was when he like completely roasted the Emmys or whatever that the was. Golden Globes, the Golden Globes. Globes. I was like, yeah. that was like the greatest thing he could have given us, and right. nothing will be better. Yeah. Uh, that'll. <laughs> He's just trying to work up to that. Fuck the office. I'm talking yeah. about the Golden Globes. That right, was right. No, and now that that's over, I was gonna quote Babe by saying, "That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do." Uh huh. Um. Well, I guess I should end by saying, like, what are is there anything you're looking forward to in 2024 slash next week? Yeah, next week. Um, let's see, like in general or like in, in general or how, you can get as specific or as broad as you love. Um, I'm looking forward to being, I, I mean, personally, I'm just looking forward to build building my material because I'm going to film something in May. And so I'm just looking forward to making all of that tighter and, uh, being on the road, you know, I'm going to be on the road a lot, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I don't have, I'm trying not to like last year. I don't know if this was such a good idea, but I no, not this last year, 2022. I was like, I'm going to make all these goals. I made so many goals and I was like, and I'm going to do them all no matter what. And I did. And I put a, out a lot of things that were uh, half good. <laughs> and and then I right. burned out and I couldn't do I got really sick at the beginning of the year probably from exhaustion right. and and then so this last year I said mm -hmm. I was going to quit comedy and then I mm -hmm. didn't at all mm -hmm. <laughs> so this year I'm like okay I'm not quitting mm -hmm. and uh yeah I'm just looking forward to to being on the road more and and you know that's it yeah and then personally, of course, hanging out with my family. Because if I don't say that, then I'm like a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth, it's, yeah, I get it. My parents, this is so weird. They got, they got both me and my sister a framed picture of them on vacation. <laughs> and they wanted to, wanted us to open it last. 
uh, out of all our gifts. It was really weird. But also, it struck me today that I have nowhere to put this. That's... I have no nowhere. Yeah. yeah. There's no safe place for just a photo of your parents having the best time of their lives without you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, that is so funny. Look at this memory that you guys are not a part of. Yeah. Uh, that would be more uh, against my sister, but definitely like, I didn't, I don't want to travel with my parents, but it is weird. It's like, even if I were have it at office, like what message is that sending? Yeah. You're oh my god that's such an epic gift i have to think about just i'm gonna take a picture of me on tour and give it to my wife it's yeah. just yeah <laughs> me without them right <laughs> and like like take a picture like you have an arm around something but it's there's no one there yeah this could be you mm -hmm. yeah uh, Mo, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, what a what a wonderful episode! I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, where can people find you online? Is there anything else you would like to promote? Well, thank you for having me, and uh, you can find me on Instagram. Just type in Mo Welch, and you'll find me. And right. uh, you know, you can find art and and stand up. And who doesn't like some podcasts and stand up clips these days? <laughs> hard to come across uh-huh absolutely <laughs> and do you have anything to say to the WNBA? <laughs> i would like to say for all of my work that i have done for them and that they keep working with other comics look who was here in the trenches with you okay <laughs> it was me huh absolutely so hire me as i i'll do it actually i'll do it for free and mm -hmm. i'll do anything mm -hmm. i <laughs> let me let me work with you let me <laughs> Let me be the towel person. Right. <laughs> towel for I think you could do it better than the towel no, person. I'll do anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Jake Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com at the Comedy Bureau across socials. You can find me on Instagram at not the supermarket. Um, so many were causes of support this time. I ask that you please support those because we have money and generosity left over. Please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it going. Um and do you have anything to say as we sign off here, Mo? Thank you for putting, I mean, for years and years and years, all of us have been using those uh, lists to try to get on shows to work on our like late night sets or work on the jokes we've never tried before. So I appreciate the service that you have done. You're very, very welcome. Glad to be of service. Uh, even on Boxing Day, <laughs> I'm getting saluted. <laughs> um. Live comedy is happening, as the great Brody Stevens would say. Enjoy it! The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.